This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. couple of more academic notes before we turn to different material entirely. Uh, two New Jersey high school students were given five days of in-school suspension after they posted pictures on social media of completely legal firearms at a private gun range. According to the school's handbook, students can be suspended for up to a year if they are reported to be in possession of a weapon of any type for any reason or purpose, whether on or off school grounds. When was it okay for schools to take control of what you do at home? Uh, it has nothing to do with school. It's a constitutional right. This is from the blaze. So uh, the New Jersey high school kids were what? Shooting clay pigeons and got suspended for five days of in-school okay. suspension. Mm. Harvard University Harvard, is expanding course evaluations to allow students to report professors who say offensive things in class or make the students feel uncomfortable. The update to the Q Guide, the online course evaluation system at Harvard, was announced uh, last week by Dean of Undergraduate Education Jay Harris at a town hall convened to discuss the power dynamic between students and professors. When an attendee at the town hall mentioned a system for reporting offensive remarks uh, is already in place at Harvard School of Public Health, Mr. Harris said administrators are working to add a similar question to course evaluations. We are in the process of revising the Q forms, Mr. Harris said, as reported by the Harvard Crimson. There will be a question of some kind to uh, that at least is trying to get at that. The town hall uh, came weeks after a chronicle of higher education report in which 18 women accused government professor Jorge Dominiquez okay. of repeated acts of sexual harassment spanning several decades. Huh. Mr. Dominiquez was placed on leave and announced his retirement. Uh, Attendees at Thursday's town hall expressed fear that reporting misbehavior could result in academic or professional retaliation. In response, Jennifer Hawkchild, chair of the government department, suggested the creation of an electronic tip box that would allow students to report misconduct anonymously. Wow. Wow. We've got to figure out how to do this right, Ms. Hawkchild said. But the broad idea is some kind of institutionalized, pretty simple mechanism with a very low threshold in which people can anonymously say what's going on without having to personally come forward. You can rat out your professor if you don't like him and just make something up. Isn't that something? Uh, it, it is, it's really frustrating. You know, uh, the... the uh, I'm glad Garage Logic is here because it's frustrating to try to keep up. Generally speaking, 
generally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to come up with sympathy <clears throat> for the faculty because these are the monsters they've created. Right. But now they're going to be uh, uh, getting windmilled here <laughs> by the idea that uh, they could be making a student feel uncomfortable and that student can anonymously uh, create an accusation against Boy, that professor. That is really dangerous. Wow. Uh, when you when you look at what happened at St. Olaf mm-hmm. with the windshield thing that was anonymously uh, made hey, up. Come on, and, come on. The one-year anniversary of that's coming that's up. Right. That's right. That's an important We've got to downplay that. That's an important time. You're right, right. How insensitive of That me. was terribly insensitive. Very insensitive. Yeah. We're having a one-year anniversary of responding to a fake note. Will there be a cake? <laughs> Harvard's effort to rid the classroom of offensive remarks, which was reported by the College Fix, comes amid a years-long campaign against single-sex finals clubs. I don't know what that means. I guess... Finals uh, clubs, maybe... Um, so you're going to take a math final uh, and... I don't know what it means. The university also recently placed a Christian student group on probation for allegedly asking a female leader to step down after she decided to date a woman. All right. So you're in class. Yep. And you can come up with something that you decide has made you feel uncomfortable. The whole point of learning the whole point is to be made during the process is to be made uncomfortable. Otherwise, what's the point? Because the the, the, the teacher knows things that you're supposed to know, so it's kind of a a, a a superior a superiority complex. The whole point of the marketplace of ideas is one in which you are fated to become uncomfortable at some point. That's part of the process. Okay, but the guy can't run around with the Groucho glasses on pinching uh, rear ends. I'm not suggesting that that should be allowed. But he can say, Mr. Souchere, what's the uh, Pythagorean theorem that you're supposed to already know? No, I don't. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't. I can't learn that. See that that doesn't work because you're supposed to know that. That makes That's, me uncomfortable. You can be pointed out. That's the other thing is that uh, that's a part of. Did you pronounce that correctly, Pythagorean? Pythagorean. Pythagorean. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, people are in the real world. If you are uh, uh, encounter someone that they don't like, they're going to uh, uh, flip you off or or get in your face or do something rude. Mm-hmm. That's just part of life. Mm-hmm. You have to experience those on a smaller we're, scale. We're way beyond. We're way beyond that. What I what I'm reading between the lines there is that the uh, the institutional leaders at Harvard want to put in place a system by which they believe. They're protecting the students from retaliation by a professor who might uh, uh, go against the kid if the kid says something untoward about the professor. So what the institution wants to do is allow the students to anonymously report uh, the behavior of the faculty. And, uh, And I suppose if a professor is running around in there asking to be spanked with a magazine, uh, you should be able to report that. But why wouldn't you be able to report? Why why should you even be anonymous at that point? Just report the moron. That's true. But if you're studying, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, and you're uh, you're made uncomfortable by some of the language 
Now you're going to you're going to be able to anonymously uh, go on this system and say, Man. "I was in uh, Professor Kravitz's class yesterday, and he used bop, 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 bop. what? Are you using a pronoun? What? And he used? Are you sure he's okay well, with yeah, that yeah, pronoun? Yeah, yeah, that's another thing I'd have to worry about. Right, which, right. which pronoun? But okay, proceed. And it said the uh, the N word came up in the context of discussing uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, and that. That shouldn't have come up. That that made me feel terribly uncomfortable. So that's that's where we are today. That's where we are. I'm turning to much lighter. Uh, I have some things I want to get. Do off. you? Uh, can you bring us something light on a Monday? Yeah, I got a. Okay. I got something in mind for okay. you. Okay, there we go. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Works. University of Garage Logic ninety eight. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Sugere. Tom, go ahead, please. Yeah, this is Captain Tom from Park Point up in Duluth. Yes. Yeah, see, uh, earlier you were talking about the, the kids uh, protesting the, the guns and violence in school. Uh, there was a letter to the editor in our Duluth News Tribune a couple of days ago, and a fellow brought up a great point. The fact is, is that, you know, it's really sad that that's happening, and it's probably a good thing kids are are able to uh, get out and protest stuff like that. But he brought up the point, and I'm not sure we got his figures, but it was like 3,500 kids uh, under 18 are killed uh, in automobile accidents while they're texting and inattentive driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like the kids should uh, maybe get out there and uh, start protesting themselves and uh, at their schools, get up uh, in assemblies and, and do some protesting uh, and have some of the kids that have actually been texting. Uh, I talked to a young lady at our entertainment center, and she lives way up in Esco, Minnesota, and she drives to our entertainment center to, to work. And she, you know, I asked her, I says, have you ever texted and drive? And she says, yes. I came to a T in the road, didn't see it, and went down the hill and almost into a lake. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, finding nothing at fault with your reasoning. I don't want any kid to be texting and driving. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. Good point. Uh, the finals clubs at Harvard, they're like fraternities. Uh, and a source is telling me that, uh, you remember in the movie Social Network where Zuckerberg didn't get into the finals club he wanted to, and that's how he ended up with the Richie Rich Winklevoss yeah. twins? Because he got into their finals club. I yeah. guess it's a club where you'd study for finals. Aha. Where you find like-minded people, so to speak. Karen Cooper, we're taking you now to Fort Myers, Florida. I love Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. Karen Cooper uh, uh, has married a tree. She married a tree, a giant ficus. I've been to Fort Myers uh, many, many a time. You ever married a tree? I've never seen a tree that I would even take a second look at for anybody. Uh a giant ficus that shaded Snell Family Park in Fort Myers for more than a century. The tree became the center of a neighborhood controversy when city staff began discussing cutting it down. Cooper, who lives nearby, uh, wants to save it. The Fort Myers News Press reports an effort that culminated with the waterfront nuptials Saturday, complete with flowers, music, a tree-decorated wedding cake, and a canine ring bearer named Little Bear. <laughs> 
Though rooted on city property, some of the Indian Laurel's 8,000-square-foot canopy and root system extends to a neighboring lot for sale for a million bucks. After a site visit last December, the city's public works department okayed the tree's removal after the beautification board had been notified. In February, the board discussed spending thirteen grand to cut down the sprawling tree and replacing it with smaller Geiger trees. I don't know what that is. A Geiger tree? I don't Once know. neighbors got wind of those plans, the protest started. Phone calls, posters, flyers, and most recently, Cooper's wedding during which she and several other white-dressed women vowed to honor and protect it before some 50 onlookers. All right. Cooper got the idea from a group of women who've been protesting deforestation in Mexico by marrying trees. She a, said, so a I Geiger saw that. A tree is a, just a, a small tree with some nice flowers on it. It's mm-hmm. nothing fancy or special. So I saw that and I thought, oh, we should marry the ficus tree. But everyone said it's really a good idea. So I said, okay, let's do it. She staged the wedding. Three days ahead of Tuesday's beautification advisory board meeting, when the tree's fate is on the agenda to be discussed. Last month's report by a certified arborist, Rick Joyce, who gave the tree a thorough checkup, he determined it's in fairly robust health and could withstand judicious pruning. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't believe we're talking about a tree. And she said, if they cut down the tree, I'm going to be a widow. Oh, that's really sad. Well, this is that objectification thing. Right. Right? Yep. But we have had women marry train stations and bus depots and bridges and airplanes. And, and now you got a gal here who uh, who tied the knot with a tree. A bad pun there, wasn't it? Ward 5 Councilman Fred Burson, the only city official to attend the marriage, vowed to help save the tree. In front of which he'd posed with his family for a campaign photo. If we don't get it settled at the beautification board meeting... I'll take it to the city council, he said. And Cooper will be there because she'll be there defending her her spouse. And then there's a helpful picture of Hurricane Irma's winds recently blew over a large ficus tree in the yard of a home at 3601 Alabama Avenue Northeast in Shore Acres. So this isn't the tree that uh, recently was married. This is a completely different tree. Yeah. All right, I got a question. Why do you marry a tree? Well, no. no. Well, am I supposed to take line? No, one? I'm going to grab it right now. All right. 646-8255-866-715. Oh, I got to put on my glasses. 877-615-1500. In the TCL broadcast studios are we. I looked up something today, and I didn't get the answer. Uh, and I'll tell you after Johnny's news <laughs> okay, okay. Why, why I'm looking Guys, at Guys, I'm sorry to interrupt you. We got it. We got the jokes. The bark is worse than her bite. The uh, okay. All the uh, funny one-liners. Yeah. I, pr- I appreciate you looking out for us, but uh, we got her. Why are there days, and yesterday was just such a day, why are there days when I see no crows at all? And I'm leading to something here that I'll get to after Johnny's news. So I looked it up, and I couldn't find the answer. But I found that unusual. The The silence was so uh, stark that I took notice. And all day long yesterday, I never saw one crow. Usually, I see hundreds. Yeah, oh yeah, so you're saying you didn't, it wasn't that you saw a group, you didn't see even one. Not one crow yesterday. Where did, what were they doing? 
Where do they go? I looked it up. There's a million website hits. I tried to find it. Uh, I can't come up with an answer. Uh, You're making me think now that I, when you think about it, I I always, you usually do, we'll see a crow. You know what else I didn't see yesterday? Squirrels. Where are the squirrels? Where are the squirrels and the crows? Yeah, because squirrels don't hibernate. They're 24-7, right? Or year-round, 12? they're, They're working all the time. Right. Uh, but so are crows. They're, crows don't fly south. Crows hang around all winter, and uh, I'm I, I no crows. And then I was reading a piece today about hawks dive bombing and clawing people's heads in Connecticut. Uh, police are warning people in a Connecticut town that hawks are dive bombing and clawing people's heads. Several people in Fairfield, Connecticut, have been attacked by the birds in recent weeks. Police say to say the hawks have been flying out of the sky and chasing people in the head. I'm sorry, clawing people in the head. My wife is completely afraid of that. Why? Uh, I don't think you got uh, a lot of hawks near you. Well, no, but just birds in general coming after and getting entangled in their hair. That's never that's never alarmed me. Uh, me uh, same with me, but she that's a fear she has. But see, that got me thinking about the the crows and uh I'm not seeing them. I'm not I'm not seeing them and I'll tell you why I want to see them. Do you think it's weather related? Like if the sun's out or if can, it's cloudy? I've seen, I've seen crows in all varieties of weather. But what I couldn't find when I went to the Googles is why are there days when we don't see any crows? And I couldn't come up with an answer, even though I went to about 10 websites. Well, crows are, I mean, you have a relationship with crows, but crows are very uh, weird birds. They're not weird. And I, I'm going to uh, tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, why I'm interested in this, why my curiosity was was fired up, because I, I, uh, I'm going to tell you more about my relationship, about my relationship with crows. We'll be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal in Your Money Now. Do you think maybe it was like a mockingbird dive bombing those people's heads in Connecticut and people just don't know the difference? Uh, no, no, because a mockingbird <laughs> wouldn't claw your head. Well, they might if they think you're at the nest. It's a, yeah. it's a big advance. Never, never, never heard of a hawk doing it, though. Uh, big gains today on Wall Street, and so far in the final hour of trading, they are not going away, which we've seen quite a bit in recent weeks. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 604 points. The NASDAQ Composite ahead 191, and the S&P 500 is up 61 points, and the gains have been attributed today to a lot of the trade jitters easing quite a bit. Facebook said it logs the phone call and messaging histories of some Android smartphone users who installed its messaging app or the main Facebook app on their phones. Facebook called it an opt-in feature that helps users find and stay connected to other people. The company said uploading those contacts allows it to use the information like when a call or text was made, but it never sells the data or does it, it never sees the content of the messages. News of the logging, though, comes as Facebook already is dealing with fallout from a separate revelation that an outside data firm inappropriately obtained and used data on tens of millions of Facebook members. Really? 
AAA today said it is now making its official listing of more than 31,000 diamond-rated restaurants available through personal assistance, including Amazon's Alexa and Google Home. So now you can ask your smart feature for your smart speaker, rather, for a AAA recommended restaurant in your area and get one. The Auto Club said it is working to make other services like insurance and roadside assistance available through virtual assistance. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ES. Commencing garage logic segment number eight. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 37 degrees. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Proud sponsor of the Beer Show, Thursday nights here on 1500 ESPN. Timberwolves in action tonight. Uh, they're at the Target Center. They're at home to play Memphis. The Twins are off today. They'll play an exhibition game at Washington tomorrow. It's the last exhibition game of the preseason. They open up the real season Thursday in Baltimore. First home game Thursday, April 5th against Seattle. Twins announcing today that opening day is now sold out. Uh, that, by the way, is a 3-10 start on Thursday the 5th. A lot of folks were surprised when Creighton Durham Hall's Daniel Oturu didn't make the all-tournament team this past weekend. One of the best players in the tourney, scored the winning basket in the last second of the championship game. It turns out the committee left him off because of a sportsmanship issue. Yeah, I saw that. Do we know what that was? Yeah, well, he, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he received a technical foul in the first half uh, when he shoved Trey Jones. Kind of, oh. kind of grabbed him and pushed him to the floor. Kind of setting the tone. He's mm-hmm. saying, Jonesy, uh, I know that your brother's big time and you are too, but uh, you got to go through the Weren't they uh, friendly after the game to each other? Yeah. yeah I don't I, think there's a, a yeah. hatred. I think it was just... Yeah, he got... Uh, Oturu got... Uh, well, he got hammered, actually. They didn't call a foul. And I think he was frustrated. Okay. Uh, he got hammered by two different guys down, uh, right down in the paint there. And uh, I think he just went, whoever's in my way, I'm throwing down. Mm-hmm. So... Star Tribune got an email from the MSHSL that read, part of the criteria to be selected to the all-tournament team is sportsmanship. It's one of the items shared by the public address announcer prior to the awards ceremony. It was a committee decision not to include Daniel on the all-tournament team because of that criteria. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. It's not really a big deal, but that's pretty precious, too. I mean, basketball, all it is is pushing guys around. Or Turu's quotes were, I thought, uh, very well-mannered and... And uh, civilized. I'm excited for him to be at the U. Mm -hmm. Yeah. News notes from today. Authorities in Dodge County and the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension say they're trying to find a person of interest connected to what they're calling a suspicious death. A BCA alert yesterday said both agencies are conducting an investigation after a man was found dead Friday in rural Dodge County. Authorities say they're trying to locate 56-year-old Lois Ann Reese, a person of interest. They say may have information regarding the investigation. Reese is described as five foot five inches tall, weighs one sixty-five, with brown hair, uh, brown eyes, excuse me, and blonde hair. She might be driving a two thousand five white Cadillac Escalade with Minnesota plate eight six four LAE. Dodge County Sheriff's Office said Sunday they couldn't release any more information. If you have information, you're asked to call the Dodge County Sheriff's Office. Uh, last hour, we told you about an incident in the prison at Oak Park Heights on Friday. And now the Pioneer Press is reporting there was another incident there yesterday. Five employees injured at the state penitentiary in Oak Park Heights, uh, Heights yesterday, two days after. Five employees were injured in that first fight. 
Spokesperson for the Department of Corrections said today the Sunday night injuries occurred during a struggle with one single prisoner. The Friday night episode involved multiple prisoners. Spokesperson Sarah Fitzgerald wouldn't give any further details about either one of the incidents today, saying they were both under investigation. Fitzgerald said that the 10 injured staffers were all treated at hospitals and released. In the Friday and Sunday episodes, the department did not report how many of the injured employees were guards, what triggered the confrontations, or the potential punishments the prisoners might face. The Minnesota Correctional Facility, Oak Park Heights, is the state's only maximum security prison, capacity 473 inmates. The Russian ambassador to the U.S., Anatoly Anatonov, called the U.S. decision to expel 60 Russian diplomats a very bad step. And he said the U.S. will understand what kind of grave mistake they did, and I hope that maybe in the future our relations will be restored. That all coming in a video tweeted by the Russian embassy's official Twitter page today. Uh, he also added, I consider the this actions counterproductive. His English is a little rusty. Went clam on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said that the United States did very bad step, undercutting a little what we have in Russian-American relations. These decisions are going against the telephone conversations between our two presidents. Ambassador, do you have that? Do you have his you, quote? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me just, where is it? It's uh, right in the middle. I see the top story. and. Uh, okay, I consider this. Yep. I consider this action counterproductive. I said that the United States did a very bad step, undercutting a little what we have in Russian-America relation. These decisions are going against to the telephone conversation between our two presidents. It's up to the United States to decide what kind of relation they want to have with Russia Federation. We say, July Wadachi. Not this many mean, shows have had that uh, live. No, no. this means good yeah. luck. Mm-hmm. July Wadachi. Shtatakoya. Mm-hmm. This means what's going on. All right. The Orlando nightclub shooter's father, revealed this weekend to be an FBI informant, told authorities who were investigating Omar Mateen before the attack that Protair comments the would-be gunman made to co-workers were just examples of him, quote, being stupid. FBI Special Agent Juvenile Martin testified to that today. He was on the stand in the terrorism trial of Noor Salman, Omar Mateen's wife, said Omar's father, Sadiq, had called him while his son was being investigated for the comments back in 2006, a decade before the Pulse attack, and was upset. Martin testified Sadiq told him something like, if he had done those things, he was just being stupid. Martin said the FBI interviewed Omar two other times as part of that investigation, but eventually determined he wasn't a security threat. Bureau even considered turning Omar Mateen into a confidential informant himself, according to the agent's testimony. Mateen, during the June 2016 shooting that left 49 dead at the gay nightclub, claimed allegiance to ISIS. The grandmother of Stefan Clark, that unarmed California man who was shot and killed by police last week, held a press conference today, wept as she spoke to reporters, repeatedly asking why officers had to use a gun instead of other non-lethal force. She spoke at a news conference alongside prominent civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who will represent the family. The 22-year-old Clark was standing in his grandmother's backyard last week holding a cell phone when police fired 20 shots, killing him on the spot. The fatal shooting sparked days of protests in Sacramento, followed by a candlelight vigil on Sunday. When asked about uh, the incident for a com- asked for a comment, excuse me, about the incident during a White House briefing today, Deputy Press Secretary Raj Shah said, "I'm not aware of any comments the president has made. I haven't asked him about that directly. Obviously, the president cares about any individual who would be harmed through no fault of their own." 
Players for the NBA's Kings and Celtics wore black T-shirts with Clark's name in pregame warm-ups yesterday to honor his memory. Players on both teams also took part in a public service video prompting unity while seeking change. Why uh, did the cops go there in the first place? Do we know? There were reports somebody was breaking <laughs> windows with rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vandalism. I, and yeah. they had, uh, the chopper had an individual going from uh, yard to yard, uh, smashing, I think, car windows. Car windows and, yeah. But not this guy. Uh, we don't know 100%, but I think that's what they were first most likely thinking this could have been the guy, but they could not verify that, and I don't know what happened between the chopper and the uh, the cops cornering this guy. Okay. A United States Army veteran who served two tours in Afghanistan has been deported to Mexico. That, according to U.S. Immigration and Customs officials, deportation comes more than a week after Miguel Perez was denied U.S. citizenship because of a 2008 drug conviction. ICE officers escorted Perez across the U.S.-Mexico border, turned him over to Mexican authorities. Earlier this month, the 39-year-old Perez had petitioned immigration officials to be granted citizenship retroactive to when he joined the military in 2001. He says he mistakenly thought he became a U.S. citizen when he took the oath to protect the nation. Perez served two tours of duty in Afghanistan. said when he came home, he suffered PTSD and then turned to alcohol and drugs. That's when he was busted for delivering cocaine to an undercover officer. He said, uh, I took responsibility for that crime by pleading guilty and serving seven years in prison. In prison, he got a degree and was a teacher's aide. I said uh, at the moment that has no bearing on their decision. After several failed attempts, a daredevil rocket maker soared into the sky Saturday in a steam-powered rocket he built in his garage. Is this the guy? Ding, Is this our ding. guy that was the in guy the, you uh, wanted to see if the Earth was round? <laughs> That's him. Yeah. Do, did you talk about this already? Oh, uh, months ago, maybe. Oh, but really? not this okay. No, I was thinking the guy that uh, went off the garage. Remember, he tried to make that whole. Oh, that was rocket? a local guy, Rocket Man. Yeah, okay. This is a different. Guy. Okay. No, this guy did better. He he made it further than that. He's sixty-one year old. Mad Mike Hughes, Madden, of course, quotation marks, uh-huh. he launched himself into the heavens, he said, to confirm his theory, the earth is flat and shaped like a Frisbee. After reaching an estimated... That's his theory. Huh? That's it, yep. His research. Has he ever heard of Google Earth? <laughs> After reaching an estimated speed of 350 miles an hour, Hughes pulled his parachute. He then deployed a second chute just before hitting the ground in the Mojave Desert near Amboy, California. He said he only hurt his back a little, but he admitted the mission could have been deadly. Before his launch, Hughes told Noise TV, I think it's a good platform to raise awareness and money to get me into space. Hughes is a former stunt limo driver. Says he's received almost a... <laughs> a stunt limo, yeah, a limo driver. Hey, you're a stunt driver, right? Well, no, just, limos only. Just, yeah, just right, limos. Just, yeah. Yeah. He said he got almost <laughs> eight grand in funding from Research Flat Earth. A little-known group which believes the Earth is flat. Well, it's the- not flat. And this moron's not getting any of my money. <laughs> I wonder if the world is flat people are, are satisfied with his research. What did you see? Well, did, do we know? Did he come back and say, yeah, I've proven my theory? No, he, the only reason he did this, he went into space, he wants to raise more money because he wants to go way up into space to confirm for himself that the Earth is flat. To really, really, ask, really ask, confirm. Ask Felix, if the guy uh, who jumped off the... Oh, I can't even think it. about that yeah. when he jumped. Ask Felix, he'll tell you it's round. <laughs> It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I'm anxious to get Patrick's thoughts on the uh, Ryder Cup returning to Hazeltine in 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's a rare uh, event when it 
is hosted by the same set. I was very surprised to see that when I saw that uh, news release come out today. And it might just be me being a curmudgeon, but I think it's stupid the Twins had to break camp and go sit in Washington, D.C. Uh, yes. Where, what, what, today they're hoping to get a workout in? I don't even know what the weather is out east. I haven't looked. I'll look. For, uh, and then they play the, the Nationals tomorrow. Then they play the Baltimores Thursday. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 36 degrees, and according to Dave, the snow is moving in during the rush hour.